0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I recently asked a dear friend, What is the spiritual condition of your mind? They looked at me like I'd lost mine. I said, Is there any anxiousness in your mind? Their response, I've never thought about it. I've never been asked that question before. No pastors ever raised that issue. I responded, We have to know the spiritual condition of our mind. We have to know if there are shadows over our heart. We have to know if, if there's any anxiousness in our soul. Many people will feel no anxiousness in their soul. And you immediately answered the question when I asked it. Of course I know. There's no anxiousness in my mind. I'm good to go. I'm, I'm on my way. We're in trouble. We're in incredible trouble. Jesus said that the last church I referred to yesterday was the condition of men and women found in Laodicea. He said, I know your works that you're neither cold nor hot. He does not say, I know the state of your mind. I know what you think. No, he was not looking at what a man thinks. He was looking at what a man does or what he doesn't do. And based on that observation of what that man does or does not do, He said, I know you're not hot or cold. I know you're lukewarm. And I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. So a person can say, I have no concern for my soul. And be about ready to be spit out of the mouth of Christ. That is to be utterly rejected and cast into darkness. Because you say, I'm rich, i become wealthy, and I have need of nothing. Oh, I have Jesus. I have my walk with him. I don't need anything. I'm good to go. But you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. In other words, totally Deceived. It's hard because when we're deceived, we don't know that we're deceived. But Jesus looks at what we do, and he says, based on what you do, I see that you are just totally lukewarm, that you're walking in pride, thinking I've got it together. We've got to stop and ask the question, what is the real Condition of our mind, our spirit. Where do we really stand with Jesus? Have we been deceived about where we think we stand? This person then said to me, All right, what's the condition of your mind, Pastor? I said, my mind is very anxious. I'm not happy. I don't like what I see happening to me and to the church. I don't like it. I don't like the way I turn toward my comfort. I don't like the deep, deep, sadness in my heart about my life? Look, I come simply to try to arouse you to begin to really look with me at your life, and at my life, and to say we're in trouble. Now, what are some signs that we're in trouble? Not interested in real prayer. Not really interested in praying publicly. I'm not really interested in Focusing on what God has called me to do instead. I want to do what I would like to do. And so my time and energy is taken in my favorite sports or my favorite diversions or my favorite internet or my favorite telephone. There's so many things to distract us today And how is it possible that we have not examined carefully our own hearts? That we don't know the condition of our hearts? That we're unconscious? Have you ever been asked the question, what is the spiritual condition of your mind? If you haven't been asked that question and you haven't asked yourself that question, please hear me. You are in trouble. You are included in Laodicea. You are lukewarm. That's reality. God requires that we repent. You can't repent if you don't know what your sin is and you don't confess it to God. Repentance requires an awareness of what the spiritual condition of your mind is. Secondly, you must obey the Lord Jesus. You must know what he wants and you must obey him. Jesus cannot repent for you. Jesus cannot obey for you. These are things that you must do through the power of the Holy Spirit by the blood of Jesus. Do you know how to do that? Have you taken serious inventory of your behavior, of how you spend your time, your energy, your money, I know people who, who say they are Christian. And they honestly believe that they are Christians. But their pride is so obvious to anyone outside looking. Their arrogance is clearly visible to everyone but themselves. They're good to go but they have no flock. They have no works that demonstrate the seriousness of their commitment to Jesus Christ, not in their giving, not in their time usage, not in their witnessing, not even who they are at work. It's so easy in our culture to just float along with with the culture, just to go along and get along and be a good guy and a good gal, and that's not going to work anymore. Revival comes when there is an awakening in our heart and we begin to cry out to God, Now, how does that happen? Well, it happens as we begin to think about the way we function and ask the question, is this the way Jesus would have me function? Is this what Jesus wants from me? Is my conversation what Jesus would have me speak? If Jesus were walking right here beside me, would I listen to the same jokes? Would I tell the same stories? Would I would I spend my mouth and my energy in the same way? We are, you know, in the very presence of Jesus. Everything you say and everything you do is being recorded, and you are going to go face the judgment of God. Oh, you're not there now. Oh, you will be soon. You will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you will answer for your words and your actions. And Jesus is looking at this last day church, and he's saying, I'm about to spit you out. I'm about to, literally, I'm about to vomit you. You make me sick. Well, who makes Jesus sick? A Christian who is totally unaware of what their spiritual condition is in their mind, who has no anxiousness in their heart about their walk with Jesus, who just says, Oh, I'm fine. I'm good to go. I'm saved. Well, are you still walking in ways that are not pleasing to God? Oh, yes, but I'm working on it. No. That's not going to work. Because if Jesus comes before you finish that work that you are so dedicated to doing... He will cast you into the fire of hell. There has to be a finished work in your heart. There has to be an honest confession and an honest surrender of your heart to Jesus Christ. And that will be reflected in the way you spend your time, your money, and your energy, what your entertainment looks like, what your conversation looks like. All this part of your life will be put together, bound together, and will come before God, and he will make a decision. Jesus will make a decision about where you spend eternity. I want to share just a few brief excerpts from a book entitled Holy Spirit Revivals by Charles Finney. This excerpt that I'm going to share with you is between two pastors and their wives as they have come together to have breakfast together before they go to the meeting where Charles Finney is going to be preaching. They sit down and one pastor asks the other, how did you get this blessing? Well, what blessing is he speaking about? He's He's speaking about the blessing of the Holy Spirit in power, and this pastor replies, quote, "I stopped lying to God. All my Christian life, I've been making pretense and asking God for things that I was not really willing to have. Often, I was insincere." And really lied to God. As soon as I made up my mind that I would never say anything that I did not really mean to God in prayer. God answered me and the spirit came down and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. At this moment, another man who had not yet sat down with them at the table. He fell on his knees and he began to confess how he had lied to God and how he had played the hypocrite in his prayers as well as in his life. And the Holy Spirit fell upon him and filled him with as much as he could hold. Have you lied to God? Have you said things to God that you didn't really mean and you didn't really want? Oh, God, send the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then go and do what you want to do. Look at what you want to look at. Talk the way you want to talk. Fill your time and energy with things that don't really matter. You've lied to God. Have you been a hypocrite, saying you wanted one thing but doing another in private? Some of you say, Oh, well, I'm a Christian, but you're sexually totally unclean in both your imagination and in your actions. You're a hypocrite. You say I've given all to Jesus. But you have not given the way he called you to give. Because I'm saving my money. I've got to take care of things. I've got to buy a house. I've got to get that new car. I've got You're a hypocrite. Have you honestly looked at what you have said to God? Have you been insincere and have you lied to God about what you have asked for when you really didn't want it? Or do you want the fullness of Jesus in your life? And are you willing to lay aside, if you want the fullness of Jesus, are you willing to lay aside everything that would cause him to be grieved? There's another portion I want to read for you. This is page 175 of the book Holy Spirit Revivals by Charles Finney. this man was saying to Finney, I know I'm just going to return to my sin. I'll say that I'm going to follow Jesus, but I know in my heart that I'm not going to follow Jesus. He said, God's going to have to take from me my taste for the alcohol. God's going to have to take from me my desire to be sexually unclean. My God is going to have to take from me these sins. He's going to have to act on me. And there is a truth, and we'll talk about that probably next week out of Colossians, the second chapter. There is a place where God acts. But there is first a place where we act. God will not repent for you. You are going to have to fully confess the sin that you're involved in, the condition of your mind before a holy God, and you're going to have to decide that no matter what, you will not lie to God again. Finney writes, he had resisted and grieved the spirit by waiting for God to do what he had been commanded to do. I tried to show him that God could not do for him what he required him to do. God required him to repent. God could not repent for him. God required him to believe, but God could not believe for him. God required him to submit, but could not submit for him. Do you understand? We are called by God to flee from our sin. He wrote again, page 133. I did not tell sinners to pray for a new heart. We called on them to make themselves a new heart and a new spirit, according to Ezekiel 18.31. And we pressed the duty of instant surrender to God. We told them the Spirit was striving with them to induce them to give Him their hearts, to believe and to enter at once into a life of devotion to Christ, a life of faith and love and Christian obedience. We taught them that if they would yield at once to their own convictions of duty, they would be true Christians. We tried to show them that everything they did or said before they had submitted, believed, and given their hearts to God was all sin. It was not what God required them to do, but a simple deferring of repentance and resisting the Holy Spirit. Have you done that? Have you resisted the Holy Spirit? Now I come. And I want to be very clear with you what I teach. I teach that sinners, those who do not get right with God, those who play, who commit sacrilege, sinners will be endlessly punished if they die in their sins. I try in every way possible on this broadcast to present the gospel of Jesus in such a way that you can have no doubt. This is my constant aim. I want sinners to know that they cannot be reconciled to God without first repenting and believing. It is very clear God requires you to pray. I am deeply grieved by the hardness of men's hearts and women's hearts that they will not pray. Why is it hard to get a group of Christians together and have them either pray prayers of shallow indifference or to pray their formal prayers. But they will not pray sincere, honest, deep prayers from their heart. Why is that? Because they do not have a spirit of repentance. And they have refused to ask God to forgive them and to commit themselves unalterably to his will. Without question, I belong to Jesus. I teach constantly on this broadcast that the shallow prayer, instructing God on what he must do, is an abomination to God. You must offer acceptable prayer to God. What blocks a person, their own stubbornness. You see, you cannot do your duty to God unless you first unalterably give yourself into God's hand to repent, to believe, to submit. These are the first duties to be performed. And until these are performed, no outward act is going to be your duty to repent, to believe, and to submit. And this is done in prayer. For you to pray for a new heart, while you've not utterly, unutterably given yourself up to God, is simply to tempt God to strike you. For you to pray for forgiveness before you have truly repented is an insult to God. God for you to pray in unbelief is to charge God with lying. It's easier to do that than to do your duty, which is to repent, which is to repent, which is to repent. and to believe and to give yourself utterly into the hand of God. It's my desire that you would renounce all sin, all excuse making, all unbelief, all hardness of heart and every wicked thing in your heart. Renounce it. Stand before God. Knowing that you have been seen by God, and that He is going to take very specific action regarding your life. So we come to this issue of of Laodicea. It's so easy to become lukewarm and then stubbornly refuse to move out of that lukewarm condition by, by simply dropping our pride and honestly confessing before God that we don't want to go to hell, that we want to live in heaven with him. This is very personal for God. It's got to become very personal for you. So what is the spiritual condition of your mind? Is there any anxiousness in your mind where you say, Oh God, I've been lukewarm and I renounce it now in the name of Jesus. I will not walk this way any longer. Please do not spit me out. Do not cast me away. You come to a place finally where you say, I'm poor, I'm blind, and I'm naked. Those are the first signs that revival is beginning to move in your heart. Wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked Underneath that self-assurance, underneath that confidence that I'm on the right road. I know the gospel. I've said yes to Jesus. But did you lie to Jesus? Do you know the condition of your heart, of your mind before God? Are you arrogant before Jesus? Pretending that everything's fine and you're on your way to heaven, but in fact, you know you're playing the hypocrite, but you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to admit that. In this passage to Laodicea, he's counseling people to buy gold, having been refined in the fire. Gold often... And scripture refers to faith. It means you begin to take actions that are very risky for you. You begin to admit things that are very risky for you to admit. Reese Howells, when he went to Africa, had been promised 10,000 converts based on his giving up his son, for the Africans. And when you look at that story carefully, what was the pattern of that revival? It was not signs and wonders. The pattern of every great revival has not been the kundalini laughing spirit It has instead been a recognition of how poor and blind and miserable I am. See, if we really get honest with ourselves and we really begin to ask the serious questions about our behavior. We want to quickly shove that away because we know that God will not keep any of this if we give it to him. You know that if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you're honest about coming to him, there are things he's going to throw out that you love and cherish. And Reese Howells in this Revival story of Africa. The first sign that revival was beginning to happen was that people began under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to admit their true condition before a holy and righteous God. They gave up being stubborn, they gave up refusing to repent. They gave up they gave up their hearts. Now, private sins are privately repented of, but sins committed against the body of Christ have to be publicly repented of. Withholding from Jesus is an offense against his church. These things have to be publicly repented of. But we want to hide everything and pretend that everything is okay. That we're good to go, but we're not. That's why I keep asking you this question. What is the spiritual condition of your mind? Are there shadows over your mind? Are there are there ways that you know God is not pleased with in your life? Now you can play with these for years. You can wake up in the morning early and begin to be troubled by certain things that you know are in your heart and in your life. And then you get up in the dawn and these things dissipate and float away. And you go on with your regular way of living before a holy and righteous God. It's not pleasing to him. In the early hour morning, he will begin to speak with you about what are the issues that he wants you to deal with in your life and how do you deal with them. You confess them and then you repent of them and then you ask that the blood of Jesus wash you clean and you begin to to consciously obey the word of the Lord to you and you begin to buy the gold of heaven by risking everything for Jesus. I'm heartbroken of the Christians that I deal with When I see no change in their behavior week after week, month after month, day after day, no change in their behavior. They still cop an attitude. They're still defensive. They're still justifying their behavior and justifying themselves. Where can we begin to really get honest with God and with others about our hearts, condition, about our souls. Where do we finally get to Pastor James and begin to confess our faults one to another and be honest about our real condition before God? But if we hide from ourselves our true condition, how can we confess to anyone else that that's our true condition? We can't. We can't. We're left in deception. Fully convinced that we're right. Deception. As I've shared this message today, what's happening in your heart? What is the true condition of your heart? If you're on YouTube, I challenge you to go ahead and, and put it in the chat line. What is the real condition of your heart? Have you been a hypocrite? Have you allowed God to deal honestly with your heart and with your mind? What is the work that needs to be done in your soul? You see, I ask the Lord, would you bring revival on the radio? That's why I've said before, I earnestly desire a a public place a revival where you can come and be honest before God and before men I know that's going to happen at some point but right now you could come to the National Prayer Chapel House Church oh pastor that's that's too intimate is it? Do you want to be intimate with Jesus? We're not going to be able to continue the way we are now in America and in the American church and expect God to come and do anything for us. We've all figured out how we can hide ourselves and how we can make a go of it. And we can struggle. We can struggle with our sin. And in the struggling, we think that's the that's the success. And you can keep your sin if you struggle with your sin; you can keep it. No, we've got to get rid of it by the blood of Jesus. We've got to be washed and made clean. He says you're going to have to wear. White garments that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and that you may may be washed clean. This is speaking directly about, okay, there are new actions that I need to take. The old actions have to be laid aside. The old ways have to be cast off. I'm going to have to walk in a new way. I'm going to have to decide, yes, I will pay the price. I will go where I need to go. I will say what I need to say. I will do what I need to do to be one with Jesus Christ. Are you unwilling to do that? (laughs) I know. We're stubborn of heart. Do you think because you're listening to the radio that you're anonymous? Do you think the Holy Spirit is not listening to you and judging your heart based on what you are deciding, whether you're pushing him away now or whether you're embracing and saying, yes, I must deal with my heart? He knows what you're doing right now as you listen. And some of you are going to quickly turn off the radio or turn off the YouTube I can't spend an hour listening to this man. You've got too much to do and you're far too important. And so you're going to be dressed in clothes that are not clean, not white, because you're going to still walk in pride and arrogance. You're going to be invisible. Oh, you're not invisible. God sees you. He judges you. And he's saying to you, I know your works. He knows whether you're hot or cold. So I ask the question and I don't back away from it. I don't apologize for it. What is the spiritual condition of your mind? How are you dealing with those shadows in your heart? How are you dealing with those old things that you've done that trouble you constantly because you don't know for certain that you've been forgiven for those things? What is the load of guilt you have in your heart? Stop pushing it away. Deal with it. Confess it. Repent of it. Receive the word of Christ to you today. Several years ago, he said to me, it's about 3 a.m. in the morning. I don't know why God chooses 3 a.m., but he seems to do that regularly for me. He said, all of your sins are forgiven. And I began to weep because I'd been pleading with him to wipe away my sin. Very specific sins. He said, all of your sins are forgiven. Do you have that assurance? One person writes on the chat line, my desire is strong, a little confused, and I fall short of the goal. Myself is so strong, I need Jesus to break me. Yes. That kind of honesty is where we're going to have to go. And no longer pretend. No longer be hypocrites. No longer. No longer lie to God. He says, "You need eye salve for your eyes that you may see." And he says, "All those whom I may love, I convict and instruct." So you must be zealous, and you must repent. That's what Jesus is saying. Revelation 3, verse 19. He convicts. We confess. We repent. And then he instructs us. Do this, don't do that. Go this way, don't go that way. Cut off the television. Cut off the internet. Stop going all the time to the entertainment on the internet that you think you should be going to, but you know you shouldn't be. Stop lying to your wife or your husband. Stop lying to your friends about who you really are. Don't go to church and play Mr. Holy, but in your heart, you're given utterly to your vices. Your lust for money, your lust for things, your lust for sex, for indecency. (laughs) Do you hear me today? I hope you hear that I do love you, that I'm here for you, that God is calling for pilgrims who will walk this narrow path together. I recognize that radio has very serious limitations, that it takes often. A group of people who are together, who see and hear one another, not just the preacher. Who see and hear people confessing and getting clean before God, and then that gives you courage, and so you can do the same. That's what happens in revival. Yes, I instruct but what I try to instruct in is the very practical way in which you must move if you are going to be touched and changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Tomorrow will be a day of prayer. I encourage you to call and be very honest in your prayers. Some of you are afraid to call because you're afraid to pray. You don't want to be out there. Some of you, I know, you're angry because of what I've said to you. And we have people who are dropping off our subscription list, so we're now below 700 again. I urge if you have not subscribed and you want to listen to this broadcast on YouTube, please subscribe. We need to push past that 700. You can write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 Or you can go to our internet NationalPrayerChapel.com And you're welcome to use all the resources there. Now I do want to give you a heads up This Saturday at 7.80 a.m. from WAVA, I'm starting a new broadcast for 26 minutes. It's Pilgrim's Progress story time, and I'm simply reading Pilgrim's Progress and making a few explanatory comments about what I've just read for you. It's meant for children of all ages. Our first one will be this Saturday. You're welcome to tune in and include your children and your family. Let's pray. Lord, I come with my brothers and sisters to humble our hearts before you. to be filled with your Holy Spirit, to no longer lie to you, to no longer be hypocrites, but to face the fact that we must get right with you. And we do that through confession and through repentance and allowing you to then apply your blood to wash us clean. Lord, come in mighty power for every person who will hear this broadcast. I pray in the name of Jesus.
1: Amen. God bless you.
0: I do love you. I'm praying for you.
1: I'll talk to you soon. and to present you blameless before
0: the presence of